0: And bringing it into Wednesdays too. Those of you on Wednesdays are getting a double portion, so praise God. What I want us to understand is that we're instruments of righteousness tonight. You are being identified in Christ Jesus, and what I'm trying to teach and what the Bible's teaching us is once you're in Christ, you're a new creation, the old is gone. Too many of us believe the old is right with us. Too many carry the old with us. And and that old man's been put to death. Unless you want to drag a dead body around. You know, and that's what Paul was referring to in Romans chapter 7. Oh, what a wretched man am I who can save me from this body of flesh. And in Rome, they used to, if you murdered someone, they they would tie that dead body to the person that murdered them and they would literally have to drag around a dead body of flesh and paul is referring to that when he says oh wretched man that i am who can save me from this body of death thanks be to god for christ jesus he's the one who cuts off the old man and gets rid of it are you with me Do you understand that the old man's put away? You are no longer identified by those issues and by the past. So how are we identified? And Sunday I brought you to be recognized as a tree of righteousness. You are a tree of righteousness, the oaks of righteousness, and the favor of God is on you, crowned with the bridegroom's crown, oil with the gladness and garments of praise you have a new identity and a new job to do and that's what we're going to look at tonight is you are now made instruments of righteousness so if you will on your outlines turn with me to romans chapter 6 verse 13 as i read it to you it says this do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness now, what does he mean by members? Let's get this straight as we're talking. What's he talking about? You belong to the Kiwanis Club or the, uh, your membership to uh, the library? What's he say? Members. Don't present your members. Yeah, your body, your hands, your feet. All right? That's your physical body and what you touch this world with. He says, stop presenting them to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments of righteousness. Now, I find the wording very interesting to start off with, and he says this, don't present yourselves to sin. Sin to the believer, to the person who is now born again, is now a choice. People who don't have Jesus, people who are not regenerative, uh, regenerated, they, they don't have a choice. They sin. That's their nature to sin. They have a sin nature. So everything they do is out of self-gratification and the desire to please themselves, which in all of it, that which is not faith, is sin. Okay? Pretty simple. But now that you're saved, you now have power not to sin. So Paul is saying, in your choosing... Don't present yourself to sin. We usually don't think of it like that. Sin creeps up and we go, oh, it overtook me. Oh, the devil made me do it. I didn't want to. I'm sorry. You presented yourself to that opportunity to sin. Flee from sin. Youthful lust. Flee, right? So I find that fascinating. He says, don't you guys, don't us, me, Tim don't present yourself to sin who am i supposed to present myself to god present yourself to god now if i present myself to god he's awesome he's amazing as i know him and i understand him why would i want that really i know what that leads to it's death it smells like rotting flesh and sin and ick i don't want to present myself to that there's the living god i've come out of death out of the graves, to life. Now he goes on and he says this, but present your members, your hands, your feet, your eyes, your ears, your mouth, to God as instruments of righteousness. So don't don't be instruments of unrighteousness, be instruments of righteousness. So my hands that used to do things for sin are now presenting as instruments to righteousness to a right relationship with God. So my feet walk in relationship to God. My hands move in relationship to God. My mouth talks in relationship to God and not to unrighteous things. But what's really fascinating is ramp this thing up and look at the Greek word for instruments. Presenting your members, your hand, your body as instruments, the word is hoplon, hoplon, And the word literally means an instrument of war. That Greek word hoplon that Paul chose is an instrument. An instrument is a tool. An instrument is is something you use, and specifically, it's always plural, and it means instruments of war. And the Greek, how many of you remember the Spartans and the Greek soldiers, and, and they had their shield they called a hoplon, an instrument of war. And what the Spartans did? Spartans were pretty. Um, well known for being warriors they raise their children up as warriors how about we raise our children up as warriors huh righteous warriors who fight the fight of faith their hoplin had developed into such a, a a weapon that they took the the wooden shield that they used to have and they developed brass over it and they bowed it because brass was able to be pounded they made it a, a bigger circle on it and their shield became such a weapon it was no longer a defensive weapon it was in fact used as an offensive weapon spartans swords weren't swords they were small daggers because they wanted to be in your face when they fought they were ruthless. And, and so what they fought with more than anything else was their shield, their hoplin. And what the biggest disgrace to a Spartan was to lose his shield on the field of battle. The shield was everything, and it's the hoplin, and it's the instrument of war. And so what Paul says is, don't present your hands as an instrument, as a weapon of unrighteousness. Don't present your feet as a weapon of unrighteousness. Now, now if I have a weapon that is unrighteous, I'm using the enemy's weapons. Sometimes I use my tongue in an unrighteous manner and it becomes a weapon against the body of Christ. God forbid. We don't need a double agent, do we? On the battlefield and, and James says a double-minded person wavers at everything. It's tossed two back and forth, right? We can't be carnal Christians. We, we've got we've to graduate past being a carnal Christian, a fleshly Christian, a Christian who, yeah, I'm on the side of Jesus, but we use our hands, our feet, our mouths, our ears, and our eyes as, as a weapon of unrighteousness. Do you know how many people are wounded on the battlefield by friendly fire? How many of you know what friendly fire is? Yeah, you hear it on stories that on the news and, and, and stuff when, when they say someone was shot down by friendly fire or a police officer was wounded by friendly fire. What that means is someone on the police force shot them. Now that happens because it's an accident or they got in the line of fire or something like that. But in the church, do you know how many people are wounded from from friendly fire. In other words, we've used our tongues as unrighteous weapons. And, and one of the favorite weapons that the enemy has is to be an accuser of the brethren. And we do it with righteous motives. We have self-righteous motives. I'm just speaking the truth, man. Just speaking the truth. Now the truth is that I'm going to cover you. That's truth. You're speaking out of unrighteous attack. Right? I heard about that, pastor. I heard about that, preacher. Yeah, did you hear about that, brother? Yeah, but you know what? What if they they were broken and repentant and and restored to the Lord, yet you're using an unrighteous weapon? Man, we've got to be so careful, right? So Paul says, you've got a weapon, and this weapon is your hands. This weapon are your feet. This weapon are your arms to embrace. The weapons of warfare of righteousness. That's awesome. That's why in the first slide, I had a hand there. Your hand now is a weapon of God. Your voice is now a weapon for righteousness, for rightness. Now, you see, you've been identified as the righteous one. Lift your hand up. Say, I'm a righteous one. That's your identity. I'm righteous. I'm righteous. That's my weapon. I have a look at your hands. I got. Ooh, look at these hands. These are weapons of righteousness. Huh? Reminds me of Don Knott's Ghost and Mr. Chicken. F-f-f-f. Registered in two states. Weapons. F-f-f. Okay, so I went there anyways. You have to watch Ghost of Mr. Chicken. But these are weapons. Weapons of righteousness. So, it's interesting. Paul uses that term, weapons, of our warfare. In 2 Corinthians 10.4, he says this. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Now, when he says weapons... It's the same word for instruments, it's haplon. So the same word he says, use your members as instruments of righteousness, it's the same word as for weapons of warfare. So our weapons of our warfare are not carnal. What does carnal mean? Our flesh, our body. Weapons are not carnal, fleshly, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So he says, present yourself to God. So what he's saying is this, our weaponry and our war, our fight isn't against people. It's not against people. Who's it against then if we're in a war? The enemy. Now catch this. If God has identified you as his righteousness, you now, by your identity, have to identify unrighteousness. Does that make sense to you? See, when you put light in a room, the light is identified. And so is the darkness. Does that make sense? How many of you know this world has no clue what evil is? Half of them blame God for the evil that's in the world. You and I have to identify the enemy. You've been identified as righteous So the righteousness will identify an enemy. If the church is silent, this world has no idea what is wrong, what is evil. And the church has been silent too long to where we've made laws to murder unborn babies, and they don't see that as evil or an enemy. Well, that's just plain wrong. And marriage now can be between between two people of the same sex. Because no one has identified that as an enemy to society. Oh, come on, these are nice people. I'm not talking about the people. I'm talking about the principle of what it will lead to. Those people are not my problem. The the homosexuals, the lesbians, they're not the problem. They need righteousness they need love they need Jesus we're not fighting them we're fighting a war in the heavenlies and we've got to identify what's wrong now it makes them unhappy and it makes them upset but somebody's got to turn the light on or we'll all be walking in the dark you have to identify the enemy that's our job folks he said you're a city on a hill a light of the world What does light do? It illuminates. So if we're being identified and you begin to understand your identity, you have to then identify what's wrong. Does that make sense? It just seems like really logical. And so as you grow in your identity of Jesus, you will grow in your power against the enemy. As you're identified, and the devil doesn't want you to identify with righteousness. He really doesn't. He's really ticked right now. That you are being identified with the rightness of God, the righteousness of God. You have right standing with the Father. You have the same position with the Father that Jesus does. That'll blow your mind. Come on, that's awesome. Same identity that Jesus has. Jesus calls us His brother. We have the same identity. We are joint heirs, co-heirs with Christ Jesus. Anything He inherits, we inherit. Come on, that's crazy! Therefore, We have the same issue Jesus does with evil. Same identity that Jesus has against evil. And we've won the victory over evil that Jesus has. So let's get to work. Let's clean this place up. Come on, let's get to work. So, your spiritual ID. Turn with me to Acts chapter 19. I want to show you that we have weapons of warfare. Now, the weapons of our warfare operate turn to the book of Acts chapter 19, operate out of love. I've got weaponry that's going to destroy the works of darkness. And, and I didn't have to go anywhere to buy them. They're right here. They grew on me. Now that I'm the righteousness of God, every appendage I have, every part of me, everything that comes, my mouth, my voice, my ears, my eyes, everything I have now is righteous. And I put it to righteousness. And, and so I can reach to someone and the devil hates it when I reach a hand to someone and pray for them, when I love them, when I speak a good word to someone, the, the enemy hates that. The enemy's been working on you, telling you you're a loser, telling you that you're worthless, you have no value. And I come up to you and say, brother, you are so valuable. God loves you so much. I can't believe what God's got in store for you. And the devil's like, shut up. And I've got, I'm an instrument of rightness. I'm making whatever's wrong. I'm going to make it right. How about you? Whatever's wrong, let's make it right. Take these instruments and use them now for rightness, for righteousness. Isn't that awesome? And you've been identified with that. So if God's identified you with that, guess what the enemy identifies you? He's scared of you. Listen, you've got to remember one thing about the devil. The devil has no weaponry against you. Nothing that'll prosper. Every weapon formed against you will not prosper. It will not accomplish anything. That is the heritage of the saints. That's our heritage. He can't nothing he has will work against you except two things fear and intimidation. And that's on you. Boom! That's all he can do. So he goes, spits out pea soup, and he goes, and he gets everybody to get all riled up. But if you know Jesus, it's like, dude, stop it. Shut up. Get out of the way. I'm done with you. You understand who you are. You're the righteousness of God. How dare you! And you have that authority. So look at how the enemy understands the authority of who you are. Acts chapter 19, we start at verse 11. God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. I can't help it. I got to stop there. Isn't it a miracle something just like blows you away? Have you ever heard of extraordinary miracles? Like, isn't a miracle enough? Isn't that crazy? Uh, to do exceeding abundantly above all the miracles that you could do i mean, come on you're raising people from the dead you're healing them and god just puts it on overdrive he does extraordinary miracles that's crazy i keep saying that i can't help it i mean so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin paul's skin were carried away to the sick And their diseases left them and the evil spirits came out of them. In other words, the anointing at that particular time in that particular meeting there were so many people Paul couldn't get to because they're just like falling out in the spirit. They're being healed and delivered. Blind eyes open. Demons screaming and running. People lame and walking and healing. And they're all crowding around. And everybody's going, what about me? What about me? And everybody else is going, how are we going to get to Paul? And and the anointing so amazing amazing and the miraculous move of God and people said take my scarf and and they pass it up and take a scarf and he touches it and and they bring the scarf back and the guy go I'm healed hallelujah wow could that happen again it could but Paul's not here with us anymore who who is I (laughs) I like that Dean it's the spirit but I like what Dean said he said I'm here That's the attitude of who you are. All right, so, all right, let's not get stuck there. Come on, keep going. 13, then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I command you, I adjure you to by Jesus uh, and by Paul, yeah, what he said. Seven sons of the Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. But the evil spirit answered them Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. I recognize. Who are you? You talking to me? Who are you? I love that. That says it all right there. Jesus, I know. Those demons, might have been a few of them that got thrown out from somebody else in, in Jesus' ministry, right? They've been wandering around until they could find somebody else. Jesus we know. Paul, we know. Who, who are you? Why didn't the demons recognize them? They were using that formula, in Jesus' name I cast you out. Yeah, no authority. They were not a new creation. They were sons of Adam. They were identified as sons of Adam. They're just identified as sinners. Who are you? You can't do nothing with me. But you see, it's not how loud you speak. It's not what formula you say it. It's the identity of who you belong to. You are born of the Spirit. You are a child of Jesus, not a child of Adam. You are a Christ follower. And that's the key to this. So, If you understand your identity, the enemy understands your identity. And the best he can do is try to scare you and get you to not believe in your own identity. But don't believe him. Now listen, now that you are identified, even the enemy identifies you, you have four entitlements that I want to share with you. All right, Four entitlements to use to deal with the enemy. We've got weapons of righteousness. So, these are our weapons. Let's load them. (laughs) This is a weapon right here. This is a weapon. I'm a weapon. Say, I'm a weapon. I'm a weapon of righteousness. righteousness. And my war is against the enemy. the enemy. The The devil. Amen. All right. You in this? You ready? You got it? All right. You're focused. You got the sights on the right enemy. Your enemy is not your coworker. your enemy is not your neighbor, your enemy is not your mother-in-law, all right? Okay, so you understand who you are and you understand who the enemy is. This is your weapon, you carry it with you wherever you go. Now, let's get it loaded. What is your ammunition? Number one, the gifts of the Spirit. Gifts of the Spirit. What are the gifts of the Spirit supposed to do? Bring life encourage edify build up very good thank you all right so so i'm going to load this instrument right i'm going out on the streets here i'm going to load this instrument and there's a situation that is just a horrible situation and there is just no way that there could be anything that's going to fix it or be right I, i need to load this instrument with what 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 gift of the spirit do you think i would need to to face something that seems like a mountain Love, always motivated by love, yes, but that's not a spiritual gift. Spiritual gift, spiritual gift. Faith, faith. So, Spirit of God, Father God, give me a faith. He says, seek earnestly those greater gifts. All right? Hunger, lust, covet, covet spiritual gifts. Covet them, I want them. God, right now I need faith. God loads up this weapon with faith. He says, trust my word, believe in my word. Cocked and loaded, let's go. Amen? Amen? Amen. So this weapon's now got some ammunition in it. It's faith. What about, I, I see someone, I'm in line at, at, at Burger King. At Patience, that's a fruit. I'm asking for gifts. Uh, Patience, I'm at, I'm at Burger King right now, and I see the person behind the counter, and, and you know what? It, if something comes over me. There's some compassion, and there's, there's a stirring. What gift can I load in this weapon for that person? Mercy, Mercy I'm talking for Yeah, word of knowledge. How about prophecy? Right? What does prophecy do? What's the ammunition it does? Edifies, comforts, and exhorts. I get up to that line, cocked and loaded. Word of knowledge. You know, I really feel that you've been struggling with something and I'm kind of sensing, I'm a Christian, so I'm sensing that you're really burdened by this or that. Is your mother okay? How'd you know? It's the Lord Jesus, and I'm here to tell you that God hears your prayers, and God wants to minister in your life, and your mother's life. He's going to make this thing right, and I want to speak to you prophetically and powerfully, and all of a sudden, this weapon of righteousness, and the devil's going, no, no, I had gotten her to such a place to be angry with God, and you had to come in, right, yeah. right, you come up and... There's someone very sick. Your neighbor comes. They're weeping. They get out of the car. What's wrong, Bill? I had to take Bill to the hospital. He's so sick. Come on. How, what do we need to be loaded with as a gift of the Spirit? Healing. Healings. Plural. Interesting. Gift of healings. Right? Right? So come on, let's pray for Bill. Can I come over to your house? I see he's, he's getting out of the car. He's struggling. Can I come over and lay hands on him and pray for him? Weapon of righteousness. The enemy says, no, no, no. I've worked this pneumonia into his lungs so bad I'm getting him to where he's on the brink of death without accepting Jesus. It's too late, chump. I showed up. You go in there. I'm cocked and loaded. I've got a gift. I've got ammunition for this. I put my hands on it. It becomes an instrument of righteousness. I begin to speak healing words, the promises of God. And it's not because I'm some kind of a special guy. It's not because I went to school for Jesus. It's not because I have a a C3 t-shirt on. It's because I belong to the kingdom of God. I'm a son of the Most High that's my identity and I lay hands and I speak the words of Jesus and I destroy the works of the enemy see these are weapons of righteousness and he's given us gifts to be ammunition faith uh, uh, tongues interpretation prophecy miracles word of wisdom word of knowledge right all these gifts right so that's one of my entitlements I have the authority to use these gifts how many of you know that You have an entitlement, but here's where most Christians are. Well, he just didn't give me that gift. It's not my gift. So I can't do anything about it. You got hands? You got feet? You got a mouth? Get to work. And again, I will remind you what Paul says. This revolutionized my understanding of the gifts of God. I understand he gives the gifts as he wills to the members of the body, but then we are encouraged... To earnestly covet, as the King James says. Another word for covet is lust. Earnestly want, earnestly desire the greater gifts. Right? Well, love is the, is the best gift of all. And, and those who are against the gifts of the Spirit, they say, well, prophecy is better than tongues, so you don't need tongues. Look at, all right, if tongues is at the bottom, then earnestly covet miracles. Earnestly covet healing. Earnestly covet words of wisdom. Don't, don't throw it all out. Go for it. Tongues is in there too. So, Right? So they're ours, and we are to earnestly desire them. I had an experience. I'll be real quick with this in China. It was the day, I, I've told you this story before, our interpreter got deathly ill. And, oh, no, no, this was a different time. I had to go, <laughs> sorry, uh, I'm confused. All right, so um, I went to minister to these underground pastors in china and uh, as we were ministering i was telling them and, and god gave me this teaching to earnestly covet earnestly desire and really want particular gifts of the holy spirit and so i had them write down what they want really come on what do you want right now in fact you do it too what gift do you want if they're all on the shelf right there pick one out want it desire it say i want this gift That's a command from Paul. That's a command from the New Testament. What one do you want? Call it out. Hunger for it. Thirst after it, right? And then I told them what God says. God says, if you being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will I give the Holy Spirit? So what does God want to do? I can't wait to pour out a spirit, my gifts on somebody. Somebody ask me. I can't wait. I want to give them an empowering of my Holy Spirit. I want to load that weapon of righteousness up. Come on, somebody ask me. So if you're hungry enough and you're begging God and God is benevolent enough and wanting to pour it out, then when the two meet, something's got to happen heaven broke loose in that house i said all right your desire his desire now ask him and seek it man oh, they're speaking in chinese couldn't figure them out oh, man power of god poured out in that place the only thing happening to keep it from here is nothing except us all right so there's ammunition this is one of our entitlements as a child of god i've got gifts i've got an arsenal i got a toy chest Full of everything that God has provided for me. All right, now the second entitlement is angels. How many of you know that? You know what? We've got angels that are bored. Nobody's calling on them. Nobody's doing. Where's the church? Because let me read to you Hebrews chapter one verse fourteen. Are they not all, he's talking about angels, and the word angel means messenger, and he says this, are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? Angels are servants of whom? Obviously God, but for whom? Us. The word serve in this verse is diakonos. Could you figure out where we get the word diakonos? What word do we use? Deacon. Do you know what a deacon does? Serves. Serves tables. Serves food. Serves anything. Serves what the master told him to serve. The deacon serves. Angels are ministering spirits or servants to whom? Us. How many of you need help day to day? How many of you are praying for help? How many of you are praying for God to do something, act and move? God uses angels all the time. You look in the Old Testament, when, when God showed up, He'd ride a bunch of angels. He did. Look, read it. Read the Psalms. He rides on the cherubim. Right? When Ezekiel saw Him, He's riding His throne, is moving on the wheels around the wheels and all this. He's just riding. He's using them. He uses them as a covering, he uses them, he sends them to do this, he sends them to do that. Now, as I read this Hebrews 1:14, are they not all What do you think that means? Every angel ever created is a deacon to the children of God. That's an entitlement. That's an entitlement. Is that crazy or what? That's my favorite word tonight. Get used to it. Crazy. It's just crazy. Why do I say crazy? Because it's just out of, the, out of this world. All right. Are not all ministering spirits, what? Sent out to serve. So there's our second entitlement. Our first entitlement, our spiritual gifts, to use these members. This uh, I am a weapon of righteousness. He says, stop using your body for unrighteous things. That's the devil. You're giving to the devil. Use it for the things of God. So I am a weapon. These hands, these feet, these mouths, a mouth, eyes, ears, is a weapon of righteousness. And the entitlement I have as a weapon is to use spiritual gifts. Right? And also angels, ministering spirits. I include them a lot in my prayers. Angels, come fill this place. Angels, come into this room. Angels, go do this. Angels, go do that. Right? If I have the heart of the Father and I'm, I'm, I'm just speaking out. Right? How many of you know an angel went and, and helped Peter out of prison? Should we pattern ourselves after the New Testament? Or maybe that's, you know, we shouldn't do that anymore. <laughs> no. Peter was so calm and cool about being arrested, he could have been put to death. He was sleeping. An angel came to minister and it came to get him out of jail. Peter didn't even worry about getting out of jail. Hey, Peter, P- Peter, Peter. Peter it says the angel had to get him up. Get up. Huh? Get up. People are down in the city praying for him. So they're praying for Peter's release. So who got sent? Angels. So an angel shows up. God figured one angel could handle this. Sent an angel. So the angel wakes him up. Peter has to walk out. Shackles come right off. Boom, boom. Angels got keys, man. They can open any door they want. He walks out. Angels just mask him, put these other people aside. He walks literally out of the prison. That's crazy. That's amazing. (laughs) Right? That's an angel. Angels are available. Begin to use angels. All right. It's an entitlement as a son of God. Thirdly, Binding and loosing. Let me repeat the words Jesus said to those who are his children, uh, his brethren. All authority is given unto me in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. So, go. Come on, go. Let's go, let's go, let's go, 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 go. Go! You ever see guys jumping out of a plane, right? Parachute guys, go! Go! Could you imagine you're in the army? You gotta go, right? Go! Go! You remember one guy going like I don't wanna. The whole line stopped. I really don't wanna. I don't wanna, I'm scared. And how many Christians? God's going, go, go, go! Man, I don't wanna. I don't feel like it. I'm not sure you want me to go. Does God really want me to witness? I'm not sure. Really, God is willing that none should perish. You're a weapon. When did you become a weapon? The minute you got saved. You're a weapon, a weapon of righteousness. Cocked and loaded. Go, go, go! Binding and loosing. That is authority. Matthew 18 says this Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, what you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. These are the keys to the kingdom of God. Here's the keys drive the car. Go, go, go. It's an entitlement. You can bind and loose. Bind and loose. Somebody understand this. You can bind and loose. Bind the enemy. Loose the power of God, loose angels, loose healing, loose the virtue that God's put in you, release it, release it. Well, we shouldn't talk to God that way, we shouldn't use this power. Why do we have it? It makes no sense at all that when you read this book that we would be who we are in the United States as a Western church. It doesn't make sense. You know why? We lost our identity. We've lost our identity. Who are you people? Right? We all have, and I don't mean this because it's a horrible disease, but Alzheimer's. We've forgotten who we are. We've forgotten what he does. We don't know our entitlements. Angels bored in heaven. I want to wake up angels. I want them on high alert when Christ Community Church is in session. Binding and loosing is going forth. The government of God is moving and powerful. Angels are saying, all right, come on, we got something to do today. They're calling them out. They're calling them out. Something's stirring in those C3 people. Hallelujah, they got up. Another one woke up. Hallelujah, praise God, I got something to do today. Whoa, they're binding this. Come on, boys, let's go get it. Tie it up. Huh? Praying for your Aunt Gladys. Because she's so depressed. Somebody bind those spirits of depression and begin to loose the joy of God and the ministry of God's Holy Spirit. Come on, loose angels over that household. Tell them to fight over the demonics that are hovering and trying to take her out. Somebody get involved in this thing. It's your entitlement. Do you understand who you are? Amen. When you know who you are, you begin to identify the enemy. You begin to tell people. You shouldn't put up with that. What are you talking about? That's the enemy. He's robbing you of your identity. Stop it. Don't you understand who you are? Start calling the devil out. He's a liar. Call him out. Call the lies out. Now, last entitlement. To avenge. To avenge. That's an entitlement. You understand who you are? Then how in the world is the devil getting away with half the stuff he's getting away with? We started experiencing this, that we walked down grass at the week of Easter with crosses, and there was a war going on. Those here praying prophetically were getting words against the enemy and against the devil that God was at a war with him, pulling down strongholds. It was a war. We felt it. We walked in the rain. We walked in the wind. We walked out people happy, but others cursing, and this and that. We did it again just uh, last week at the National Day of Prayer, And the atmosphere was already different. It was already changed. As we were walking down that street, man, we felt the triumph. We had more people waving and beeping. It was feeling good. Now, the sun was out. That might have helped. But I'm believing there was something more. And as we came back and asked those people who were here interceding and praying, and they said, man, the atmosphere is different. The atmosphere over this city has already changed. Because one of our entitlements is to avenge. To bring righteousness where the enemy has sown and run righteousness. And I'm not going to put up with it anymore. How many of you have been putting up with the enemy messing with your house? Messing with your family? Messing with so much stuff? No, I'm entitled. I'm entitled to the Lord's blessing, to the Lord's grace, to the Lord's favor. That's my entitlement. And so I am here to avenge. And and let me show you to the extent. Turn with me to Joshua chapter 10, please. I want to read this to you. Joshua 10. That's in the Old Testament, right? It's after Israel goes into the uh, promised land. Here we go. Joshua 10. You can find it. I know you can. So in Joshua chapter 10, right after Deuteronomy, it's Joshua chapter 10, verse 24. Israel had taken five nations and took the kings And in verse 23, I'm going to go to, uh, yeah, 23, Joshua, start at 22, Joshua said, open the mouth of the cave and bring those five kings out to me from the cave. And they did so and brought those five kings out to him from the cave, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jermoth, and the king of Lashish. And the king of Eglon. Now remember, this is before they were in the promised land, so the king of Jerusalem was not a saved guy, not a righteous man. So he brought the five kings out. Verse 24 And when they brought those kings out to Joshua, or Yeshua, Joshua summoned all the men of Israel and said to the chiefs of the men of war who had gone with him, Come near, put your feet on the necks of these kings. Then they came near and put their feet on their necks, and Joshua said to them, Do not be afraid. Or dismayed, be strong and courageous, for thus the Lord will do to all your enemies against whom you will fight. Why did he do that? What was he educating Israel on? I ain't going back in that wilderness 40 more years, boys. We sent spies into the land once, and, and they were so scared and afraid. And they gave a bad report that God sent the Israel's, Israelites back into the wilderness 40 more years till that generation died out. Joshua said, uh-uh, no way, no how. I am not going back. We're going forward. And he gave the promise of the Lord. He said, take those kings, those who are rulers and authorities in high places. He said, put them on the ground. Now you come up here, you, you chief masters, you come here. Those who served with me, put your foot on their neck. He said, this is what God's going to do to every.'" enemy you come against. Joshua is the same word Jesus. It's Yeshua. It's the naming of the, the meaning of the name. Yeshua is the Lord's salvation. This is a picture of Jesus. He dis armed every principality and power at the cross when he declared it finished and paid the price for the law to be done with. And he said from there on out, they're disarmed. They have nothing they can do against you. And he says, as Paul says in Romans 16, 19, and 20, I want you to be wise about what is good, righteousness, and innocent about what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Where does the devil belong? Under our feet. It's a vanquished foe. He's done. Your entitlement is to crush him wherever you go. Is to call him down and to put him under your feet. By being an instrument or a weapon of righteousness. He has no power against you Filled with the Spirit. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Put this all together, people. We're the instruments. We're the weapons of the warfare. We're fighting a spiritual battle, but we're getting in fights with people. We're wasting our time. We're at war with an enemy that we have the entitlement to call on angels to bind him and to loose the power of God and to crush him under our feet and by the gifts of God to restore everything he's stolen, everything he's broken down and to speak life and blessing. Come on, that's good stuff. Doesn't get any better than that. Close with this. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands, drink deadly poison. It will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's your identity. That's who you are. And when you show up, you're the righteousness of God and the unrighteous things all pale at your sight. There's no reason the enemy should be able to do what he's doing. Because there's enough of us here to take him out and put him under our feet. Amen? Oh, man, come on. Are you excited about who you are? Praise God. Stand up. Stand up, stand up. When you leave this place, something's going to happen. Because you're cocked and loaded. You're an instrument of righteousness. You have what is right. You know what's right versus what's wrong. You know that you're there for people. You know the enemy is stealing and hounding after people. But you have a solution and you're going to tear him apart. You're going to be the balm in this sick world that's dying. You're going to be the life where there's deadness. You're going to be the light where there's darkness. You're identified child of God. Begin to use the gifts that God has loaded in you. Begin to use the uh, uh, entitlements that God has given you. The angels and the authority to bind and loose and the power to avenge the righteousness of God against the devil. In Jesus' name. Father, let's lift our hands up. Father, we commit ourselves as you tell us to go, to go as weapons Weapons of righteousness, weapons of righteousness. God, we're going to change people's lives, one life at a time. God, there are people right now that are in our lives that need to be delivered, need to be rescued, need the very love of God. Any of this done without your love, Lord, is is of no value. It's got to come from a heart of love because our war is not with people. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our weapons and our warfare is against the devil and I'm not afraid of you and we're going to fight that enemy, amen?